It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. A career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody. From people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed. And this is Deetra Giles. So let's round this out as we talk about how to get past your fear of leaving your current job. Now, here's the reality. We talked about it. Many of you are afraid, and I don't want to pretend like I don't understand what you are afraid of. The, the, the fear it's real, right? It, it, people often say fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Y'all, you you are not going to hear me say that because the reality is some of the things you are afraid of are very real fears. Like you are afraid of lions. Lions exist and they kill people. You are afraid of being killed by an 18-wheeler. 18 wheelers exist, and if they hit your car, it's going to be a problem for you. Let's be honest. So this idea that fears are false and evidence appearing real, no, fears are real stuff that I'm afraid of. But oftentimes, we give those fears a lot more power or a lot more credibility than they actually have. Like I said, We're afraid of lions because lions are a very real thing and they kill people. But how many people have actually been killed by lions where you live? I mean, the likelihood of you running into a lion where you live is slim to none. So your fear of lions is really exaggerated because the possibility of you even running into a lion is slim and the possibility of you being killed by one is even slimmer. That's how it is with your fear of leaving your position. And so I posted on Instagram once a video or I remixed a reel where someone was talking about switching jobs is hard and blah, 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 blah. And alongside that reel, I said, yes, switching jobs can be difficult, but being miserable is difficult. Hating the people you work with is difficult. Having a boss that demeans you is difficult. Being overlooked for promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion is difficult. You have done difficult stuff. This will be a part of the course that you're on. But with that said, one of the things that lessens the fear or puts the fear in its proper perspective is a strategy. When I have a strategy for how I'm going to deal with the negative impacts of what I'm about to do, it makes those impacts less significant. Or, and or, my strategy can decrease the impact that that thing can have on me, right? So if I know, hey, I'm about to go on safari and encounter some lions, I'm afraid. When I say, hey, since this is going to happen, and the likelihood of me running into a lion is is steep, I am going to pack a weapon that should a lion decide it's going to consume me for dinner, I can counteract that. Now, am I still concerned about running into a lion? Yes, we want to avoid them at all costs. However, my fear of that encounter goes down, so does the negative impacts of that encounter go down, right? 
The same is true for you leaving your job or transitioning when you have a strategy. Yes, you're afraid of what this may look like, but now that I have a strategy, the likelihood of this having a negative impact on me goes down. And if it does, the severity of that impact also decreases. All of this changes with a strategy. So let's talk about what the transition strategy for your job needs to be, especially for those of you all who are petrified. As I told you before, if the dude selling oils at the Western Mall can sustain his life and family, I feel like you're going to be all right. But in case you don't, let's talk about this strategy. So number one, let's talk about what to do before you go. So everyone is like, let me get up out of here, kicking the door out, running like something's chasing you. Let me slow you down for just a second before you kick that door out and bolt out the door. I need for you to run to something and not run from something. And let me tell you why. People always say, don't run, don't run from nothing, run to something. What does that mean? Think about the times that you ran from something. Real, I mean, really, take a second to get in your mind the times you run from something. I'm willing to bet you that when you were running from something, you left some stuff on the table, you left some stuff behind, that had you been taking your time, you probably would have gotten, you regret leaving those things behind. I've seen people running from something and leave their own kids. Don't trip, you know how y'all are. Y'all get to running from stuff and then y'all will actually leave your own kids standing there and get where you're going and be like, oh, shoot, I left my baby. So when you're running from something, you aren't thinking strategically or completely, right? You're just thinking, let me get away, not what do I need to take with me? So part of your strategy is thinking, one, what am I going to and how do I best navigate where I am now to make my situation there even better? What do I mean by that? I've told you all my story that before I left to start my business, I didn't just bolt out the door. I was strategic. Hey, what is going to best suit me over there and how do I get it here? So in my exiting strategy, my process, my strategy for my transition, you know what I did? I identified, hey, when I leave and go to entrepreneurship, which was my over there, my over there was my own company. Your over there is maybe another company. Whatever your over there is, strategize. My strategy was, hey, over there, I will need these certifications that will cost a significant amount of money, a significant amount of money that I don't have. Before I go, let me get these certifications paid for over here. Also, over there, I'm going to need these connections and contacts and experience. Before I go, let me get those connections, contacts, and experience over here. Because it may not be as easy to get them over there. For example, over there, you're the new kid on the block. They are going to be as anxious or excited to put you as lead on a project as they are over here where everyone knows you. Guess what? If you get an opportunity to lead, let's say, an implementation project where you're helping your organization implement software company-wide, 
that's going to make you a huge valuable asset over where you're going. So what do you want to do? You want to get that before you go. So that's the, number, the first piece of your strategy. Identify where you're going to and what you can get where you are now that will make you even more valuable over there. This is how you position yourself to negotiate the promotion you want and the pay that you deserve. If you don't remember negotiations, go look it up. We talked about it on another podcast, but you know how negotiations work. If you don't go back into that podcast, and I'll probably do another one for you, so don't worry about it. But that's first. Before you go, identify what you need to get because we are not running from, we are running to. And when you run to, you don't leave things on the table like you do when you're running from. Number two. So do not leave these people's company flipping tables. Flipping tables, flipping fingers, flipping whatever. Leave here with decency and decorum. Let me tell you why. I was working with one client and they hated, of course, hated their job, hated where they work, hated everybody there, just hated everything. Coached them, got them out. They went to the organization. We reconnected. I began coaching them again. They were ready for their promotion. They, their current company, they actually liked it. They just didn't have a lot of available opportunities for them. So it was time for them to leave. Guess where they left and went to? They went back to their old company in a higher level position. Not just higher level, but the C-suite, chief operating officer. They were able to go back to that company. You want to know why? Even though they hated it when they were there, they hated it. Oh, they hated it. But they left with decency and with some decorum and had some respect about themselves. And because they did that, everyone, the people that were left there remembered how they left. They left things in order. They gave a checklist for the person coming in behind them, helped them rewrite the job description. Now, all of this was because I told them to. They were not trying to leave like that. They were trying to go in there and tell everybody, give a piece of their mind and tell everybody what they can do with it and where they could find it. But they didn't. And because they didn't, they were able to go back. Now, I am not the person that tells you don't burn bridges because some bridges you need to burn. And mainly not because you need to get it off your chest, but there are some places you never, ever, ever need to go back to. There are some places where you need to personally ensure that you don't become weak and go back. And because you make it weak and return to that place, you need to secure that you can never be able to return there. Here's the flip side of that. Those places are few and far between. Few and far between. They are so rare that in my over 20-year HR career, there has only been two people that were in that situation where I said, you need to burn this bridge because you personally need to make sure that in your weak spot, in your weak moments, you never go back there again. Two, in my over 20-year HR career and thousands of people, okay? 
So don't go off in there burning bridges because you never know what the future may hold and what may happen for you later on down the line. Like this person went back and they went back in a position to be able to be the answer to the questions they had when they were underserved, underutilized and walked over, looked over and all that stuff, right? So don't flip tables on your way out, just leave. And then lastly, you want to, as a part of your strategy, get those contacts that you want to maintain when you leave. And those are not just internal to your organization. There are some people that you work with now that are customers, clients, and listen to me, pause. Let's pause right here for a second. Pump your brakes. Do not violate your NDAs. And what I mean by that. Do not go in there stealing clients. Do not go in there stealing people. What I mean, what I'm talking about when I say maintain contacts and people that you want to be connected with, I mean, these are legitimate relationships. Yes, they may be able to help you professionally later on down the line, but this is not a, oh, I'm going to take this client with me. Oh, let me steal that person. That is not what I am talking about. I'm talking about identify who you want to build legitimate professional relationships with. And I say professional because these may not be the let's go kick it in Cancun people, but these are the people that you want to stay connected with and they want to stay connected with you and you want to identify those people and build a relationship with them, right? Again, this is not stealing clients teacher will never tell you to steal anything because that is unethical and it violates my standards around my personal integrity. But building relationships is very different than stealing clients, right? And so what does that mean? Deetra, how is that different? Stealing clients is going to your new employer and saying, hey, this was an accounting client over there. I'm going to bring them over here and they'll be our accounting client. That's very different from Josh. Hey, you know what? I would love to get to know more about what you do. That happens as a part of your strategy while you're there so that when you leave, it's just a situation of, hey, Josh, let's stay in contact. I'm leaving, but you and I, I would love to stay in contact with you, right? Very different than, hey, I'm leaving. Come over here and be our client. Josh should never become your client over there. But here's what you do know. Josh knows other people and Josh can connect you in different situations because you and Josh now have a relationship that began before you left. Remember, this is your strategy for leaving, not after you've gone. So you want to start developing these relationships and developing these contacts and connections before you leave because it's easier to do it while you're there then after you're gone. So one, what do you need to get before you go? Certifications, training, whatever it is, experience. What do you need to get before you go that will make you more valuable in the place where you're going to? Number two, don't burn bridges and don't flip tables. Make sure that you have a plan to leave with decency and some decorum. And then lastly, develop your internal contacts, the people you know you want to be connected with, build relationships with, and maintain that connection even after you are gone. 
That's a strategy that I want you to begin thinking about because a strategy makes transitioning easier to do and easier to bear, and it decreases the amount of fear you have about switching to a place that brings you joy instead of every single day going into a job that makes you miserable. I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically and on purpose.